Hello and welcome to KeeperCast, the Keeper of Velocities podcast. I'm Sammy. I'm Connie. And this is episode 52. Today we're going to be talking about chapters 7 through 12 of Flashback. So the section starts off with um, Sophie is currently recovering from being stabbed by Umber's shadows at the end of the previous section, so that's where we left off. Just a regular day for good old Sophie. Yep, just her life-threatening injury of the day. So yeah, she's hanging out in the healing center with Elwyn. I love Elwyn. I felt like I just had to say that. Elwyn's so great. He really is. Elwyn is great. Dex and Tam are there too. They're also great. And Fitz is there, but he's like not conscious, so. Right. He's kind of there. Physically. (gasps) Yeah. It's like that thing. It's like, physically, I'm here. Mentally. (laughs) (laughs) Like, physically, I'm here. Mentally, I'm in a shadow flashback. Yeah. So they think that the shadows are sort of, quote-unquote, changing Sophie and Fitz. Like, they've done something to their minds. Sophie's injury, injury of the day. It's particularly hard on Sandor, because Sandor is, like, totally blaming himself, and... Oh, right. This is the part where Sandor tries to, like... He tries to quit. Yeah, he tries to quit, and then... Yeah, he tries to quit his job, and then Sophie's like, no... So he's like, I will keep you here against your will. That part made me so sad. I was really worried that, like, we were going to have... Honestly, I don't really think about how much I love Sander until something bad happens to Sander. Like, a lot of the time, I'm like, okay, he's just sort of slowing stuff down and, like, she's supposed to be doing this important thing. And he's like, no. And then something bad happens to Sander. And I'm like, no, Sander! He's just doing his best. He's just trying to protect Sophie, and a lot of the time, Sophie just doesn't really want that, but, like, he's trying. He's trying. Sander is doing his best. 10 out of 10 for effort. But, yeah, now he feels, like, he feels so bad now about um, Sophie not being under his protection and getting injured that, like, he tries to quit. He wants to be reassigned. And then Sophie's like, no, don't go. And then I found this part really funny. She, um, she's like, okay, if you stay... As my bodyguard, I will never disobey you again. That that sure happened. Absolutely. <laughs> I know, that's true. Like, she makes that promise and then immediately after, she's just like, actually, never mind. Yeah. Is it surprising, though? No. No, not really. The next thing that happens is they find out that basically the Never Seen have still been tracking Sophie through Fitz's black swan pendant. It's coded in, I really hope I'm pronouncing this right, ethrium? I am not sure. Yeah, it's like, it's spelled E-T-H-R-E-I-U-M, so I'm not really sure how to pronounce that, but it's it's an ogre thing. It's similar to Aromark, so they've been using it to track Sophie. And that's how they found her in the previous section of Flashback. Yeah. One part of this section was that, like, because the pendant belonged to Keith originally and then he gave it to Sophie, he also blames himself for Sophie getting injured. I'm sort of sensing a trend here. Yeah. Everyone just, uh, everyone is just, like, blaming themselves for everything. That's basically a summary of the books. Pretty much. Just something bad happens and everyone's like, it's my fault! No, it's my fault! No, it's my fault! (laughs) 
Yeah, pretty much. Which is like, I don't know, that's not a very healthy thing to do, I think, if you're an elf. Yeah, there's bold of you to assume that treating anything healthily is on the top of any of these children's minds, given the evidence that we've seen in the series. <laughs> that's true. Like, emotional well-being is about last on their list. I will make this point a million times. Everyone in the series needs so much therapy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, something in here that I found, it's its irrelevant, but I found it just kind of funny, was there was this exchange between um Alden and Grady. Um, They were wondering if the Cognate rings had been hacked as well, and Alden was like, oh no, there's no way the rings could be hacked. I've known the jeweler for decades. And then Grady says, well, I was planning a wedding for Brant and Jolie. So sometimes people aren't who we think they are. Ooh. Ooh. Also, he's like, I've known the children for decades. Sir, your own son was with the Never Seen. That's true. I think you might, like, if you couldn't guess your own son. <laughs> you might not be the best judge of character here. If you couldn't guess your own son was betraying you, why would you be able to guess, like, a random jeweler? That's so true. Because, like, this was literally, like, immediately after Olvar's trial, right? So, yeah. <laughs> I love how Alden's just like... Oh, well, you know, I, yeah, my son turned out to be a traitor, but this jeweler, this jeweler is trustworthy. Yeah, this jeweler that is, of course, never mentioned again. Maybe he was a member of the Never Seen the whole time. Maybe he was. Maybe the jeweler was secretly, like, Gethin or somebody. Yeah. Oh, there was also a part where something I noticed was that, like, Roy's, Roy Ignis's physical appearance was never described throughout books four, five, and six. And I don't know if like that was on purpose or if his appearance just never got described for whatever reason, but they actually bring that up um here where Sophie's like, oh by like, oh by the way, like I just realized I don't even know what Roy looks like. And then Keith says that he wears an Adler so as like an explanation for that. So Yeah, which is weird because I had like a mental image for for Roy. I had, like, I sort of, it was kind of vague, but I sort of had, like, a mental image of what he looked like, and I feel like, in, I don't know how I didn't notice that he wasn't just ever described, because I feel like in the books, they always describe people, like, really in detail, so one would think that, like, if that just didn't happen, I would have noticed it. Just out of curiosity, what is your mental image of Roy? Because I have one as well, but, and I wonder if it's, like, similar. Okay, my mental, my mental image of Roy just sort of looks like Alvar, like another, kind of like another Alvar, which is weird, but like slightly different. I don't know. Do I just sort of have like this generic, random, like youngish guy who's in the never seen image or what? I don't know what my deal is. He just sort of looks like Alvar. Yeah, my mental image of him is like, I think he does look kind of like Alvar to me as well, except He's like a redhead. Like, I always imagined him with red hair for some reason. Honestly, I imagine him looking kind of like the like the official art for Alvar, but I don't actually imagine Alvar looking very much like that. It's weird. And while um, Sophie and Keefe are discussing, like, Roy and his lack of a physical appearance, um, there was a line that stuck out to me. There was a place where... Keith was like, wow, we don't even know what Roy looks like. We don't know anything about the Never Seen or my mom's plan or the Lodestar Initiative. And I'm like, same, Keith, same. Yeah. 
Imagine, like, actually learning things about things. Can't be me. Yeah. Could not be anyone in the Keeper fandom or the books. I mean, like, there's still stuff from, like, Lodestar that has not been resolved yet. Yeah. Like, to be honest, I'm still really confused about what the Lodestar initiative is. Yeah, I don't. That That's all kind of a blur for me. I do not know what that is. Like, we know it has something to do with Keefe's genetics, and question mark? Yeah. The next scene that we get is, oh, well, it's not really the next scene, it's the end of this conversation, but Sophie's basically just like, you know, I've had enough, I'm going to start fighting back against the never scene, and she decides to start weapons training. Yeah, that, that sure is a thing that she does. Sophie with weapons. Let Sophie com- commit a couple of crimes as a treat. Yeah, so she starts um she starts training with Sander and Grizzle. Or no, she doesn't I don't think she does that yet because she still can't. Oh, that doesn't happen yet? I might have skipped ahead a little bit. Well, she's still in the um healing center, isn't she? Oh, the healing center, right. <laughs> the the never ending healing center. Let's yeah, this is this is where it starts. Yeah, but I think this is where she decides that she's going to do training. Yeah. Mhm. Yes, and then Sophie starts having these nightmares. They're bad. I don't really know what else to say about the nightmares. They're from the shadows in her and yeah. Yep, that sure is a thing that happens. Yeah, it's like okay. Okay, so now is the section where Sophie gets her bodyguard crew. Sophie and her bodyguard crew. So that's one bodyguard from each of the species. So I I always lose track of who her bodyguards are. I think there's like so Sandra's the goblin, Sandra, obviously. Bo is the ogre. Um, and the Flory is the gnome. Yeah, Flory's the gnome. Tarina's the troll. And then oh, Nubiti is the dwarf. Right. Yeah. So now she's got a whole, like, team of bodyguards. Yeah, Sophie and her bodyguard squad. That sounds like a band name. <laughs> Sophie and the bodyguards. <laughs> it's like Julie and the Phantoms, but... <laughs> yeah, instead of being dead, they're just, like, various other species. Sort of around the same time, Grady and Edeline, um, they learn that, I think Sandra tells them or something, that... Sophie wants to start doing weapons training, and they are actually in support of it. They, they encourage it. Encouraging your 15-year-old to do weapons training. Excellent choice there. To be fair, learning weapons is probably a good choice for her, because people are constantly trying to kill her. Yeah, like, they do have their reasons for it. Like, they're talking about how, like, the elven world isn't really that perfect, and, like, like you said, there's people who are trying to kill Sophie, so it's probably for the best to learn how to defend herself. And then Edeline just pulls out a whip, and she's like, oh yeah, I'm learning how to use this as well. Yeah, Edeline, Edeline, honestly, I would not want to fight her. She scares me. Yeah. <laughs> like, the thought of Edeline with a weapon? Yeah. Frightening. Very frightening. All right, and now we start to, so this is, the next section is when 
Tam and Lynn. I love them. Tam and Lynn. We already saw Tam for a little bit, but Lynn. Well, yeah. But Lynn, yay. She's arrived. They visit the healing center where Sophie is and Fitz, but he's unconscious. For a long time. And they bring um Tam's shade mentor, Lady Zilla. Yeah, Lady Zilla. She is special. Okay, one of the things I noticed when Lady Zilla was first described, let's see, um, is that Sophie, um, Sophie specifically noted her fingers had long curved na- nails, but they weren't black, thankfully, which seems like an odd thing to like specifically say. And like, not gonna lie, I feel I kind of feel like Lady Zilla might be Umber. Is this oh. like common theory, or I feel like it's probably other people have thought about it before a lot but i feel like has she ever been mentioned since umber died yeah i don't i don't think she was in legacy or unlocked not that i can remember so yeah i've never heard that theory before that um that she's umber but i could totally see it but i feel yeah i feel like it does make sense because it just feels like a weird thing to note yeah and, like, she knows so much about Shadowflux and, like, the exact way it affect it would affect Sophie. Yeah, and she talks a lot, kind of like Umber does, too, about, like, how elves focus too much on light and that they need to, like, start tuning into the darkness and all that. Right, yeah. That's sort of a lot of what, and that using light is what weakens them. That's sort of a lot of uh, what Umber says as well. So I think that's interesting. Oh, that's true. That's a really interesting, like, connection something to think about i don't know why i said that in like sort of a snape voice (laughs) obviously (laughs) i wrote down like a few of the things that lady zilla said because i was just trying to like sort of work through it in my head and like try to make it make sense basically sophie has been touched by shadow flux which is the sixth element so there's the four elements quintessence and then shadow flux and then yeah like you said before Zilla kind of goes goes on about how like people just ignore shadow flux or like they pretend that it's not as important as it is because like they're afraid of the darkness. There was a part where it seemed like she was implying that shadow flux was like conscious or it could think for itself. Yeah. Cuz she was saying to Tam like the shadow flux respects you and sees you as an equal. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, so that's interesting, because, like, I wonder if that was meant to be taken literally, like, the Shadowflux actually can, like, judge people and choose who to obey, or if that was just kind of Lady Zilla, like, being dramatic. Yeah, right. And then finally, she talks about how the Shadowflux in Sophie's hand is going to leave an echo. And this is the thing that... um like gets brought up the most throughout flashback the idea of Sophie and Fitz having these echoes that are um that are giving them flashbacks which is the title of the book and um again I don't know if this is like the common headcanon the echoes and the shadow flux in the section like it felt kind of like a like a metaphor for trauma yeah I feel like that could be, yeah, that could definitely be a way, like, 
like, yeah, a way that could be interpreted. I sort of saw that too, yeah. Because, yeah, because Zilla was talking about how, like, how, like, the echoes sort of stay in you after, like, after the shadow flux is is gone and like it's hard to get you it's impossible to really get rid of those echoes with an elixir like speed up speed that up so i don't know it was just like something to think about yeah not that sophie doesn't have any not that sophie doesn't have any plain old non-metaphor non-metaphorical trauma right that too (laughs) like sophie doesn't need metaphor for metaphors for trauma she just has trauma yep it's like now she's got double trauma. Trauma too, electric boogaloo. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much every book. I feel like every book is just new experiences to just add it onto things to work out in therapy. Yeah. Your child is fine. Your child is Sophie Foster. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the whole series. <laughs> oh, and then we get the iconic quote, happy shadow thoughts. Happy shadow thoughts. Happy Shadow Thoughts! I think that is an actual t-shirt that, like, Shannon has on her store. That's awesome. I'm pretty sure. Anyways, I love Lynn. I have said this... I have said this a lot of times, but it is still true. I love Lynn. It's like every time she shows up in the books, I'm just reminded, like, yes, I love you. She's just so great. (laughs) So the final thing... In this section was was when Mr. Forkel sort of let slip, like, oh, Sophie, you've had your memories reset twice. And then that kind of reminds Sophie of when she was nine and her um, and she had that allergic reaction to Limbium, except this time she remembers what actually happened. And what happened was that um, that she she has this image of like Amy in pain and she's like telling Sophie to stop. Yeah, that that's bad. That that would probably be pretty traumatizing. Yeah, more trauma. More trauma to add to the ever-growing list. So yeah, that's pretty much the whole section. Did you have anything you wanted to talk about? Not particularly. It's sort of just the start of the the never-ending healing center section. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like we're not going to have a lot to talk about in the coming weeks because they're just going to be in the healing center. Yeah. It'll just be like, hello, welcome to Keep for the Lost Cities podcast, brought to you by the healing center again. <laughs> no, like, I'm pretty sure on, um, on our, like, recording schedule... Episode 54, my description of it is just vibing in the healing center. Yes, that is what it says. I'm looking at that right now, and that is indeed exactly what it says. So yeah, that, that'll be, um, yeah, the next few episodes. We'll have to um, try to think of things to talk about. Yep. Good thing about the healing center, though, is lots of Elwyn. True. Can't go wrong with Elwyn. If we run out of things to talk about, we can just... Talk about how much we love Elwyn. Yeah, honestly, I could fill up, like, an entire episode with me just saying, I love Elwyn, I love Elwyn. Alright, so I think that's just about it for this episode. You can find us at KeeperCast on Tumblr and the KeeperCast on Instagram, and you can find me at Malamelting on Tumblr and Instagram. Uh, you can find me at Sewer 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 Couch on Tumblr and Clawney underscore Clue on Instagram.
This has been KeeperCast. See you next week.